The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. G'day, g'day guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and I am coming to you live from Palm Springs, California. I'm hanging out at one of my favorite places. I'm at CT Nails in Cathedral City, uh, getting ready for a comic event on Sunday that I'll tell you a little bit more about in a little bit. But we are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, and the guy you guys like better than you like me, Paul Michael Boland. G'day, Paul. Welcome. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, what is uh, the place that you're at? What, is, what does it do? Uh, CT Nails. So whenever I have... Oh, Nails. Uh, yeah, Nails. Whenever I have a red carpet event or anything like that coming up, right. um, I sneak over here because they're really, really, really incredible. Fair enough. Um, I buy mine that off, but that being that said, I am, I'm part Neanderthal. Uh, I, you cut out oh. when you said the CT. I'm like, uh, okay, so, uh, oh. uh, you know. Well, we always have to, we especially HD have to be friendly now. to people that were actually doing the podcast properly. Well, it, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, well, everything's in HD now. So whenever I get photographed, I have to make sure everything's perfect. So I don't mess around. I come down here. Uh, but on Sunday, Jeez. I'm going to be over at Dark Side in Riverside, which is a, uh, it's a Comic-Con event, but it's focused almost entirely on horror for Halloween. Ha 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 That was really specific. So we've had a lot of questions uh-huh. online this week. Um, some to do with politics, which I really don't want to get into because I am just mad. But I will say for everyone complaining, vote. Like, that's, that's what you can do. Vote, write your congressman, complain if you want yeah. to complain, but you know, Paul and Impeachment I ain't going to work. Get behind a care, uh, care, uh, candidate that you believe in. I, I'm for Tulsi Gabbard. Nice. But I know she doesn't have much of a shot, but right now you can fall in love with a boutique candidate. You know, true. I mm-hmm. I think it's it, it's kind of a, if you don't like it, change it. And yelling yeah. at Paul and I about it isn't going to do you much good because um, you know if you want a movie made, you can yell at us. We can do that. Um, yeah, you'll we, if, uh, we will find you a reason to yell at us for that. Mm-hmm. Yes, the politics we don't really have much choice. So I am putting together right now a uh, for charity uh, live. Stage production, which I'm going to talk Paul into being on. I haven't told him that yet, though, so don't tell him he doesn't know yet. Um, so we're doing that. Subtle. And what All I did, right. subtle, yeah, I was subtly, subtly putting you on the spot. Um, but I did want to tell you, uh, talk to you a little bit because we had people write in last week. They really liked our little sex scene discussion on how difficult it is to do intimate scenes on camera. So that people asked a whole bunch of questions about. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, look, I've, I've directed, or been involved in directing actual sex, so. uh, Is that as awkward as doing the scene? Uh, generally no. Generally no. Really? Because the expectations, 
that the porn performers have. You know, they are very specific and are and tend not to be uh, ashamed to vocalize their boundaries because uh, normally there's a pri- a higher price tag involved with those boundaries. That makes sense. I know. But what's what's the most awkward thing you've you've had to deal with? Was one of the questions we got. We both got. Uh, what's the most awkward okay. moment we had? Unwanted erections. And that's a given. I've never met a guy that did a scene that didn't have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's there. It's still acting, and I'm not talking about porn now. Where that's just off in its own uh, corner, being sticky. Uh, so we're talking about actual, just independent, uh, nobody's having any, any, there's no, you know, yeah. insert A in the tab or insert tab A into slot B type stuff happening here. Uh, if you are direct now, are they asking from the, uh, from the, they uh, in general, the- so it could be from a performer. It could be from, you know, producing, directing. They were just asking, mm-hmm. you know, you and I both. Um, what our our uh, experiences are, or at least our the most awkward experience was. Oh, fair enough. I mean, well, as far as uh, like, well, if, if you're the like, I've ad a bunch of these assistant directors. So you're basically like the sergeant of the set. I will close the set. Can, can I that rephrase that? Be... You're the drill sergeant of the set. Keep going. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> I will close the set. Any uh, unnecessary people? So we're talking camera department. I ask them, "Hey, is there is your PA? Hey, is he completely necessary?" Uh, I do will have them standing close by, but I will get them off the stage, stage or out of the location that the sex scene is happening with. With so that's a must. Is uh, and those are you always find like somebody. Hey, yeah, she's gonna be naked today. Want to come down? You know, there's always yeah. That that, because uh, again, men, uh, myself included, will do just about anything to see a boob, uh, including being one. Uh, that's the so, Yeah. So that being said, now let's talk about the actors, because that's a whole other ball of wax. Uh, first and foremost, get them talking. You know, find out what her expectations are as far as how new she's going to get. Uh, talk to him uh, and see how uh, far, how much nudity he's going to progress. He's going to progress. It's just and talk the scene out. Uh, the director, sh- the assistant director, should not be doing this. The director, director should be doing this, so that everybody's on the same page when we roll. I know I've been in situ- I've even been in situations where uh, we shot with an actress for a couple of days. And her nude scene was like on the fifth or sixth day, and then she refused to get naked. So, uh, and yeah, so we were kind of hosed. I was back in the day of shooting on film. Uh, I didn't make that part of the schedule, and I was only the second second on that one. But uh, yes, so maybe do that day one, so there are no misconceptions. I think one of the honest ones that I've had to deal with, or one of the weirder ones, is um, I was a minor, obviously. I, I was a minor doing the scene. It was like a Lolita kind of film. 
And the guy, of course, was like thoroughly uncomfortable. Like really, really uncomfortable. And I don't blame him. Uh, you know, he's, he's, oh, you mean the, you mean the actor? Mm-hmm. I was about 15 playing 12. He was um, in his mid-30s playing mid-40s. So it was, it was a really, really uncomfortable situation. Um, especially because my dad sat there with his arms crossed the entire time watching what was going on. Um, and I guess no one had told him I was actually a minor. Now, he's a very well-known actor now in Australia. But, you know, and at the time, he was pretty well-known. And so they're talking about it, and they brought up my age, and he tossed me across the room to get me off of him because I was on top of him for the scene. Like, tossed me <laughs> to get me off of him. And so for the rest what? of it, we had to put makeup on to cover up the bruises. <laughs> and, the, uh, and the poor director, he's like, oh. It's a bit of a reaction, but I do kind of understand. A little bit, yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, my dad just, my dad actually was the one that turned around. He's like, mate, it's fine. Calm down. Calm down. He said, you know, she, she signed off on the project. It's fine. And I can tell you, like, that was one of the few times there was no physical reaction from the person I was doing the scene with. Um, but he was, it was really, really awkward for him. Yeah, I would assume. <laughs> yeah, I've been asked to play pedos a couple of times during my acting career yeah. and luckily there was no money attached to am so i was able to turn them all down because you uh you know i didn't i i didn't mind it like i think what people forget is it's an acting gig and you're working with another actor it's certainly right. not intimate um, and i've done it and i've done quite a few things i did the kind of lolita role quite a few times when I was young, um, actually, I think when I met you, I was topless on a set and 16. But yes, uh, <laughs> we were completely and utterly unaware of that fact. <laughs> actually, but, but, <laughs> but uh, I think people professional is professional is professional. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the easiest roles I've ever had where the lot things were concerned were when I was a minor because I've never ever had a point where there was any real interest from the actor I was going opposite as I got older that changed where then you had to deal with you know some uncomfortable moments and I was mm-hmm. always fine with it but the poor guy wasn't you know so I think it just depends um, uh, but at uh, those points in time especially well, when I was young my parents were in charge of my career, so there was always communication. Because my parents and needed to know what was going on. I needed to know what was going on. It sounded like they were also in the room, too. Which, uh, oh, yeah. That's not somebody you kick out of the room. You know, as an no. AD or a director or producer. You don't let the parent... If the parent... The parent sh- uh, in that case, yes, the parent should absolutely be there. Um, well, something I found, and I found very interesting here, is if I, I've had people in audition say, well, we're going to have nude scenes, so take your clothes off in the audition. That's not okay. That's not a thing. I'm just saying. Mm. Well, I've actually when you show up for- asked a woman to get, get uh, you know, to get as naked as she's going to be on screen. In there, That's I also tell them to have any sort of a chaperone or large 
because they have to have a large 350-pound boyfriend who drags his knuckles when he walks and has a man who might be bipolar and has a gun collection to, uh, you know, uh, be the chaperone. Because, well, if you go to the Lloyd, you know, I, I know you, you love Lloyd Kaufman, and he wrote in one <laughs> of his books uh, about if you have a sex scene with an actress or a topless scene, day one or first date, get that out of the way. Yeah, I agree. First. Because and that one where the woman refused to get her top off and it was we had a certain expectation of nudity in the film per se the producers who were funding it. Uh, so we had to sh- we had to reshoot it with a body double, which she wasn't happy about either, but what can I do? No, but uh, we were kind of screwed. We had five days of her filming. Uh, we can't we can't redo those days. Hey, so I agree with Lloyd. Do it day one. I, I do agree with Lloyd. Do it day one. But more than that, um, a really, I, I'm not a fan of nudity during, and I'm not talking about, hey, you're trying an individual out. I'm talking about, like, I've seen cattle calls where they're like, all right, girls, strip. Uh, yeah, never been on one of those. I have the, then the, uh, one of the worst, I think, is when you turn around and you're like, well, um, this is going to be a love scene, and since our actor's not here, why don't you try it with me? Who are you? I'm the director and producer and uh, funder. And, and uh, when we come back from break, I'll tell what can happen to an actress when they refuse. Nice. Guys, I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, host the militant moderate, Paul Michael Bowen, and we'll be right back after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and I'm coming to you live from Palm Springs, California, hiding out at CT Nails, and I am on with my co-host, host of the Militant Modder, Paul Michael Boland. G'day, Paul. Hello, hello, and as I said before break, uh, uh, when actresses agree to do a new scene, uh, you know, you kind of expect to actually do it, but bad things can happen if you don't. And, uh, yeah. Beg your pardon? Having some trouble hearing you, Paul. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, okay. Uh, I got it. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, I bet here. All right. Huh. That's weird. Is Paul, are you same? touching the mic and it's no no place? Mm, I don't think so because I got it's the one that's in the ear type stuff. Well, I can hear you now. So okay. I'm going to ask okay. you. You know, okay. now tell me how this love scene went with this woman. Well, it wasn't actually a love scene. So, uh, this was a student film. I was just, uh, I think, the key grip on it. And uh, basically, the the whole short was about this this uh, nerd guy, nerdy guy, who was doing all the things for these for this girl, who at the very end of it was supposed to flash it. You know, as in, okay. thank you for doing all this. Thing. Here you go. So, uh, I was in charge of the schedule. And didn't even know about the Lloyd Coffin thing at this point, but it, it doesn't matter. I, I wasn't <laughs> in charge of the schedule. Uh, so it got to the point where she was supposed to fly, and she wouldn't. She wouldn't do it. Do it. And that kind of, and they had already paid her to do a nude scene, and she wasn't giving that money back. Uh, oh, that's so, bullshit. So they shot, they shot her, and she basically just kind of from the back kind of lifted up her, her shirt. Shirt, but didn't take anything off, didn't show anything, at least what she was contractually obligated to do. Uh, so she had left. I was going to say call her, I was going to say call her agent, call the union, but she's going to be non-union and no agent. Correct. Uh, so we, uh, well, I was hearing the producers really kind of, I was like, man, we did pay for this. And I'm like, uh, well, how about this? I'll stand in for the boob shot. And then we oh, could nice. do your, yeah, we could, and there was like, oh, that's great, because the guy can say, say, oh my, he can have a different reaction, a funnier reaction, going, oh my God, this soul wasn't worth it. Yeah, that's perfect. So they basically shot my, uh, yeah, it was back when I was about 400 and some pounds, so yeah, I had a nice rack, at least a C cup, uh, <laughs> and uh, they literally just shot me pulling up my, my shirt, you know. Chest hair, hairy chest and all. all and they reshot his reaction, uh, which was that of disgust. And they still had the, the, uh, the shot of the girl with her shirt down, giving a nice satisfying smile and going back into the apartment. Now, I have never seen this short. It's, it's really, it was really kind of tough to see what you were working on. 
on, especially in the early 2000s. Because, uh, you know, these film schools were shooting on film, and generally the film schools took possession of the film of the student shoot, so they didn't always were giving about giving actors their, their pay. Their pay. On these things. Now, I miss well, the if they promise you copy credit and meals, you better damn well get copy credit and meals. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was on, uh, I was working on another one for the rap party of this one, and apparently they invited the actress to it without letting her know that her uh, nude scene was done by a 400-pound plus-pound man <laughs> and the uh, shockingly amount of body hair. Uh, I got a message on my, my voicemail where the, the either the director or the producer was like, Oh my god, you should have been... Oh, oh god, it was so funny! I couldn't believe it! I just... Uh, uh, I clicked. You know, so I'm assuming it didn't go over well on her part. You know what? I'm sorry. You back out of the scene, you get what you want. Like, I'm going to say this. I, I produce now, and I'm, I'm behind the camera. But I think I've, I've worked with you, like, two times or three times. I think I was topless every time. Mm, um, yeah. Except the thing I did for you. <laughs> I think the one time I wasn't topless, you threw me into a counter. But, uh, <laughs> like, I, well, I, 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 I for, never... I paid for that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I hurt you. I'm sorry about that. But, um, I, I, maybe it's because I've never minded, like, I've never seen anything wrong, um, with doing that kind of work. I've done, I've done topless, I've done fully nude, um, you know, I, it, it never bothered me. Yeah. I've always found, I've been lucky though. But you were raised in Australia where you all walk around topless anyways. That's a good point. But I think part of it is... I more than that. I've been, I've been really lucky. So I've only met people who were incredibly professional. Like if you guys hear any noise, by the way, I snuck over. I'm heading over to Free MMA now that I'm done at CTNL. Free MMA is one of the uh, places that we sponsor. So I'd like to remind everyone: every time we swear, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and Free MMA, which is a non-profit gym. <laughs> They're none of us swearing. <laughs> uh, we give money to them to help the kids. So, Paul helped the children, damn it. So, uh, um, we're oh, headed yeah. up there. But, there you go. You're supporting the kids. Money goes to the kids. I we give money and it's, of course, matched by Voice America to support those three causes. But, I, I, I don't know. I've just, I've never, I've, I've never had a problem with that. I've done, I've done work. I've done topless work, nude work. But then I modeled beforehand, and I was an underwear model. So yeah. maybe I came from not wearing much clothes, you know, yeah. in Australia not, and the modeling I, gigs. And we are not saying that, hey, actresses, you have to do a nude scene. If, you, know, you know, I'm, I'm going to say that this. That is not I'm what say you want to do. If, don't hang do on. If don't. you are an actress and the character calls for a nude scene, do it. Not just because someone wants your top off. If that is integral to your character and you are a self-respecting artist, mm-hmm. go with your role. For God's sake, for heaven's sake. I mean, look at Jodie Foster in Nell. It's not like she was doing porn. If it is integral for your character, do it. Mm-hmm. It's just not yeah, that big I, a deal. I think Jodie was also said, it's the, right? Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. 
But if, if somebody control. is, but you should never be uncomfortable. Like I've never been uncomfortable in any of the and scenes I've done. I, I I've been really lucky. Been, I've worked around actresses that have been really uncomfortable with what they're doing. Uh, there is no harm in saying no, but you're not going to get that part. I agree. There, there's you know? nothing wrong with saying no. But if there you're working parts. with professional people, that's it. But if you're working with professional people, I also wouldn't be afraid to do them. You, I think you'd be surprised. It's not as uncomfortable as you think. Now, sex scenes, totally uncomfortable. I've never had a comfortable sex scene. Mm. That's the flip side. Have you? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I've only been, I've, I had a couple of sex scenes in a movie that I tried to produce. Uh you know, I mean, we shot, we did shoot those things, so there was videotape in the camera. Uh, <laughs> uh, You're making you know, it sound bad, Paul. You're making it sound I, bad. I, I know, I've been on those. I, I think I was, I think there was one shoot. I was just a PA on it. It's like, yeah, we, we ran out of tape a while ago. We're just, you know, having fun with her now. Now, this was with an actress you, who was relatively famous for her nude scenes. You know, like she does one in every single movie that she's been in. And, but still, that's creepy. That ain't right. So creepy. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's wrong. I'm sorry. When it comes down to it, like, it's really hard when guys are assholes for me to be an advocate for it. Because I'm like, it's not fair. If you agree to do the nude scene, that's in your contract. Do it. Shut up about it. But on the mm-hmm. flip side, I have to deal with total and complete buttholes like the guy you're talking about going well you know like it makes it really hard and again thank god I haven't had to deal with people like that but now people are trying to get into reality television um, saying that well you need to be nude for reality TV Hmm. so I don't know if I reality TV TV. yeah I haven't figured that one out yet yeah, I uh, well, I know like Playboy TV has these uh, reality shows that were, were entirely, you know, uh, inhabited porn stars who are used to getting naked. Well, I, I'm and trying to put together a reality show right now who, for who's the next big porn star, working with mm. uh, Ron Jeremy and uh, Jenna Jameson. But I am uh, really surprised by the number of porn actors who are really uncomfortable taking off clothes because um, they've just had such bad experiences with people not paying them. I spoke to one young adult film actress whose experience was she got hired for a gig and it was a guy that showed up with a video camera. And essentially it, he had just paid to hire an actress to have sex with and use her as a hookup and didn't understand why she was offended. And she's trying to explain, this is a legitimate profession, what the hell is wrong with you? uh, I don't get people. So, are we ready? But it looks like we're going to have... Yeah, we should probably move on from this before I start yelling about um, that, because I'm I'm a huge advocate for women in film. Women want to be in adult film, cool, do it. Um, So, (laughs) this is a terrible segue, so I'm going to jump into... Thank you, by the way, real quick to my uh, everyone that makes me look good on red carpets for duct tape, taping me together and making me look like Cher after, not before. 
So um, thank you to Tiny Bubbles Hair Salon for always making me look, for making me red carpet ready and fixing my hair. Off-road rentals, you are our giveaway for this week. Paul is going to come up with a question while I am talking. Bikram Yoga, thank you very much for helping me get bendy after I got sick. Uh, Dr. Russ's Palm Spring Diet, if you want to get skinny, you spray it under your tongue, it actually does work. Graduate Tempe Hotel, thanks very much. You put Paul and I up during Comic-Con and you say go ask us. Four Paws Coffee Company, I love what you do for charity, so I'm just giving you a shout-out. UFC Gyms, same to you. Castlewood Cottages in Big Bear, uh, we're up there doing a bunch of stuff, and it is incredible. They have these themed rooms. It's one of my favorite places I've ever stayed. And, of course, True Rest Floats, the donut on Las Vegas. If you guys want to try a float, it's a great way to relax. That's one of our giveaways this week as well. So, Paul, did you come up with, with an interesting question, or do you want me to read off our very special guest, and then you come up with an interesting question? Let's go with, uh, was Jodie Foster nude in the film before now? Okay, I like that. Jodie Foster was nude before uh, in a film before Nell. Tell us, write us online. You can get a free AT- was uh, a free ATV ride, a free float at True Rest Sedona or Las Vegas. You can actually use that float at any True Rest spot, by the way. And then I want to give, a, a say, we're going to be on with our very, very, very special guest, Celia Bonaduce. I am not doing well, Paul. Celia Bonaduce. Let herself introduce herself. Yeah, we'll let, we'll let herself introduce herself since I am uh, not tracking right now. And then I'm getting ready. That Yeah, that was great. And then uh, sure. the guys that had written in what is the dark side in Riverside on uh, Twitter. Dark side in Riverside is a Comic-Con that's geared completely towards horror. I'm judging a Scream Queen contest. A Scream Queen. My God, Paul, what's wrong with me? Scream Queen contest. Uh, on Saturday at 5 o'clock, so if you can out-scream me, you can win something. Secret, you can't out-scream me. Um, but they have a whole bunch of really cool stuff. They have a whole bunch of really, really cool people. Um, they have the actor from The Candyman, which is Tony Todd. They have Ari Lehman from Friday the 13th. Linda Blair is going to be there. Uh, just a whole bunch of really, 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 really cool horror people. So I'm Sam Helene. We are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Lotters, who I haven't told. I'm trying to drag him there, too. I haven't just told him yet. Um, talking about a whole bunch of stuff. We'll be right back after this. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, host of the militant monitor, moderate in Hollywood, a very, very special guest on today. She is the coolest day job. She's a field producer for HGTV's House Hunters. She's been on HTV, HGTV shows, including Tiny House Hunters, Where Are They Now, Extreme Makeover, Home Edition. There's a whole lot about houses here. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to Miss Bonaducci. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. I absolutely botched your intro like you would not believe. No, it's no, a you didn't. I heard it. I heard it. You, you, you said oh, it right. Can, can you tell everyone? Name? Can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Because I've already got people on Twitter asking me questions. Oh, okay. Well, um, I am a field producer on House Hunters, which has got to be the greatest day job in the world. It is. Um, you know, it's good television, and there's not a whole lot. Uh, it, it's my, I really love lifestyle programming, and uh, I think that House Hunters is the best of the best. It's the gold ring. And then uh, I have another job, which is I write uh, novels for Kensington Publication. I do, uh, I'm going to say romantic comedies because they are not traditional uh, romance stories. Um, and that's fun too, but, um, you know, money wise, I'm not quitting my day job. Fair enough. That's well, fair. I wouldn't quit the day job anyway. Producing, I think it just, just personally, right. I'm, I may be a little biased, but I think it's the greatest thing in the world. Um, Thank you. what got you into doing it? Um, I actually, I started out, uh, at, uh, Nickelodeon and I, I was in the animation department and, uh, I probably shouldn't admit this on radio, but, uh, we got a pitch for something called SpongeBob SquarePants. And I thought, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And decided <laughs> it was no good and not commercial. And then it went on to be SpongeBob SquarePants. And I thought, time for me to leave animation. So uh, at the time, uh, reality TV or lifestyle TV was just, starting out, and a friend of mine said, why don't you come work for, for our company? And I said, well, why would they hire me? I make cartoons. And she said, well, you're smart, and you'll work cheap. They'll hire you. <laughs> well, those days yeah, are over, but I got in on the ground floor, and I've, I've been doing it ever since. Yeah, and I'm sure if I would have seen SpongeBob on paper, I probably would have had the same reaction. Yeah, well, that's very kind of you. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, okay, he's a sponge, but, you know, it's like, yeah, I can't yeah. know, but, you know, yeah. Things like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, uh, really exploded with those those people. But yeah. was that the yeah. that was the replacement Ren and Stimpy guy, not the original Ren and Stimpy guy? Yeah, yeah, a very different, um, a very different Ren mm-hmm. and Stimpy guy. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Oh, the softer, more gentler Ren and Stimpy guy. Yeah. But yeah, I get it. <laughs> it, it. It happens. Did we lose Summer? 
I thought maybe she went away. Uh, so this this happens every once in a while. So uh, are there are those are the only two shows you're on? Because I remember reading something about like tiny houses in your uh, bio. Yes, well, tiny tiny houses was um, a, an offshoot of uh, house hunters. So tiny tiny house hunters. Mm-hmm. So I yes, oh, I did that nice. for a year. That was that was fascinating. And actually, one of my book series is is about women who buy tiny houses. Well, write what you know. So there you go. I mean, that's yeah. the I've I've watched a few of the tiny house shows. That's that's not a lifestyle for me. But uh, then again, I am about six two, uh, three hundred fifty yeah. pounds. So that yeah, no, I no, no, take it's, up most. Yeah, it's not. It's for not you. for everybody. We did. We did an episode where, and I swear to you this is true, this is not hyperbole, the tiny house was 64 square feet. And this tiny woman was... My whole closet was, might be that size. Yeah. You know, so. it's, it's about the size of a porta potty only two stories. And this <laughs> tiny woman went to look at it, and her boyfriend, who was 6'4", came with her, and the only place <laughs> he could stand was in the little cutout to the loft. That's how small it was. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Okay. So uh, basically, honey, you that this is your space, right? Uh, and well, she that's gets what every she other. Said to him. Okay. Yeah, I don't see that working very much. Yeah. Much, but uh, yeah, I could. I would could imagine he clocked his head on a few things when he was in there. Right. But it's it's the thing that was great about shooting tiny house hunters is anybody who's even going down that road. There's an adventurous spirit to that person. Like, you, you mm-hmm. know you're going to not, you're not going to meet a dull person when you're shooting tiny house hunters. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, it's like, the, thought, it's uh, like glamping 24-7, I think they call it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that not was, camping, I was gonna jump glamping. In I got cut off for a second, and I come back, and you guys are talking about glamping. Um, right, um, it, was, well, was, it was about so the tiny I'm, house I'm, thing, because it's basically like glamping 24-7. Yeah, it sounds awesome, though. Now, mm-hmm. what was Not the coolest me, tiny house but, you ever uh, got you, into? You, you could, it could work for you, you know? Yeah, I was mentioning to her how, you know, the size of me. You know, no, no, I don't have a body type that's really, you know, uh, indig- that, that is a meant for tiny housing. You know, yes, Sam. With my thing. Yeah, I guess I have a picture of you naked in front of a tiny house. Does that count? Uh, well, that was that wasn't that, that was just a uh, that was a cabin that was rented by the by the nudist resort. Uh, so that was well, that's actually I think your cover photo for this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you've you've been you've been producing for a while. What is your favorite project you've ever worked on? I I, I have to say I think House Hunters is. House Hunters was, uh, as soon as I got into lifestyle programming, House Hunters was always my goal. So, and I've been there almost eight years, and it has never disappointed me. I mean, you're going, I've been to all 50 states. Um, I go places where, even if I'm going to a big city where you go anyway, you see things as, as a native. You, you see the way real people live 
in whatever city you go to. You're never doing the tourist thing. And you get to know a city in a way that you would, first of all, you'd never get to experience if you were just there as a tourist. And you also go places that you would never normally go. And they turn out to be amazing. That makes sense. Yeah, that would be incredible. What, you know, do you have a favorite episode that you've worked on? I can't say I have a favorite episode. Um, I would say that the most surprising episode I did was in Grand Rapids, Michigan, just because I had absolutely no expectations at all about Grand Rapids, Michigan, and it ends up being this fantastic cosmopolitan city. And, and their, yep. their Chamber of Commerce needs to get on the stick because more people need to know how great Grand Rapids are. I mean, nobody knows that. It's like my own secret. Hmm. Well, I'm from Michigan, Amazing. so uh, I'm well aware how great Grand Rapids is. Uh, they uh, also, at last I heard that their population was uh, higher than Detroit. Or was at least it was headed in that direction. Well, it doesn't count. Detroit, let, let's not talk about Detroit. Now, <laughs> things have gone wrong in Detroit. Things have changed. Uh, how did you go from, from producing into doing novels? I mean, being a writer, it's a really difficult gig. Yeah, yeah. Well, two things. One, my parents were both television writers, so it was kind of like in my DNA. I kind of had some... Um, you were born you know, into insanity. Yes, yeah, so just, just, just through what I learned through my parents, just through you know, osmosis, uh, I did know a little bit about writing. Um, what happened was, when I first started in um, lifestyle programming, uh, you know, it was HGTV and it was you know, uh, gardening shows and cooking shows and, and really fun stuff. And then there was a shift, a seismic shift, where you started doing the real world and, you know, not HGTV, obviously, but the real world and uh, The Bachelor and those kind of shows started coming in. And I, I just didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do that for a living. And I said, and to, my, I said to my husband. Uh, Verizon, and, which is a parent company of uh, VH1 and uh, BET, I would like to apologize. I know the people <laughs> that made that shift and even they feel bad. So I'm just saying, yeah. they even feel bad. They thought it would be a one-off. Yes. Well, I, yeah. I said to my husband, I don't know why I was put on this earth, but it is not to keep up with the Kardashians. There's, there's, oh, there's, yeah. some, there's something else I want to do. And the problem is, is you know, when, you, when you're a field producer or, or anything in this line of work, you're a freelancer. And... I get most of my work through people I know, through contacts. And, like, they didn't quite get what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do, which I certainly don't blame them. And I stopped getting calls. And I thought, well, maybe i got to do something else. Maybe my career is over uh, as a TV producer, which every TV producer goes through, you know, those moments. So I thought, well, what else can I do? And, I mean, I can sew and I can write, <laughs> neither of which I thought, well, <laughs> that's not much to fall back on. But I decided I'd give novel writing up a shot. And uh, it took me two years to get an agent, and it took another year to sell my first book. 
But by that time, I was, I'd done Extreme Makeover Home Edition, and I was working on House Hunter. So, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a, an embarrassment of riches, for sure. Amazing. What advice did you have? I'm going to ask you for people that wanting to get into writing and people that wanting to get into producing. We have um, a lot of people here, a lot of young people that listen, and they want to get into producing, and they don't know how. The, the best advice I can offer anyone who is trying, because I'm not going to lie, it's really hard, and every year it gets harder. But I would say, I used to think the best thing was like, just get your foot in the door anywhere. Get your foot in a production company and wherever you can go. And I don't think that anymore. I now think that it is so competitive that if you don't want to be in lifestyle programming, don't get into it even for a minute. Don't do it as a PA because you Mm -hmm. might be able to go somewhere else. Try and figure out what you want to do and focus and you know, get in the bottom, bottom rung, but where you want to end up, because you're just going to, you're, you're, you're going to end up on a path you might not want to continue, but you're doing pretty well, so you can't really quit. Uh, try, try and, try and follow, at least get in on the right path for you. That's really good advice. No one's given that advice. I mean, we've been doing this for years. No one's given that advice. I like that. What do you think, Cole? Yeah, no, Fair, fair enough, because, you know, it's like, hey, you, you, you're going to climb relatively one specific ladder because then you can get into something where your rent's getting paid, you're making your car payments, you're doing financially mm-hmm. well, but you hate every minute of your job. Exactly. The reason people come to Hollywood that's, is so that they can love their jobs, you know? Yep. That's really good. I, that's awesome. That's one of the best advice I think we've given on the show. Um, well, that's wonderful. You. If you don't mind, I'm going to quote that forever now. Uh, All right. Yours is a gift. Thank you. And as far as writing, what advice did you have to people that wanted to get into writing? Keep your butt at the keyboard. Hmm. Write it. I mean, you will hear over and over and over, I have an idea for a book. You should follow Uh, me around. My life is a novel. you, You have to write it. You have to write it, and people, people, even if they, they care, they'll do 50 pages and they'll stop. Just, just sit in front of the computer and write the damn book, because you're never going to sell it if you don't have it. Yeah, writers write. The you're not going to find somebody mm-hmm. else to write it for you unless you pay them. Yes. One of the, and then it's one thing, Yeah, then it's someone else's. One of the best things I... Um, I ever had, I ever talked to with a writer, her name is uh, Rachel Alexander, we've had her on the show, and she wrote a book called Receiver of Many. She just self-published it online, it got popular, then it got published as a book, then one of her crazy-ass fans tracked me down at a Comic-Con, I'm actually turning this into a TV series right now. Her fan is the reason she's getting this. Her fan found me. Printed off a copy of the book and chased me around a Comic Con for three days trying to get me to read this stupid book. And I figured it's actually a great book. I shouldn't call it a stupid book. It's yeah. a really good book. No, I, I, um, <laughs> but it was like, I was really mad at the time. Um, and I'm like, if, but I figured, I'm like, if you've got fans that are willing to do this, because when that didn't work, her other fans were emailing me and like stalking me at this con. I'm like, if you've got that level of fandom, 
I'm interested in yeah. you. And, yeah. you know, and that you yourself have a very, um, very interesting group of people talking about you. So, yeah. especially ro- romance novels. Your romance novels seem to be the thing. So, can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, I don't consider myself a, uh, a classic romance writer. Uh, there, there is a, I don't want to use the word formula because it sounds like I am dissing the genre, and I'm not, but, but there is a, a specific way romance novels unfold. And my novels do not unfold that way. Um, my my women characters are, for better or for worse, they're very uh, unusual people. They don't fit in uh, in the mainstream. And oh, I like that. And and you've got to. I, I I have to admit it. My characters sometimes take some time to warm up to. But I want you pulling for this person who is trying so hard. That's basically what's going on in my books rather than I'm going to find a man. Well, I got to say, I think the future, this is, you know, this is something I said last year. Um, I'm still, I'm still chasing like Joanna Lindsay. I want her books because I think they'd make wonderful TV shows. Um, Mm -hmm. She's very hard to get a hold of, by the way. Very difficult. Um, I think romance novels are, are not Mills and Boone. I am not talking about bodice rippers. Save me, rape me, I love you. Right, right. Boy meets girl, boy rapes. Boy meets girl, boy rapes. Girl, boy and girl fall in love. I'm not talking about that. Um, that's a thing. But, uh, that's a thing you don't want to know, Paul. You don't want to know, Paul. You don't want to know. I'm not Remember, looking. I'm not looking. I'm not looking. Okay. <laughs> and if you talk about it, you're going to have to go through your Fifty Shades of Grey thing all over again. Now, uh, I think there's a future in television for romance writers, um, for, for romance novelists, because when you look at the way romance novels have gone now, uh, Patricia Briggs um, has her, her werewolfy series, and, you know, the, the um, lead female in that is, is a kind of a tattooed badass who works on cars, who mm-hmm. turns into a coyote. So the, the heroines changed greatly over the years. And I think these more modern books would make wonderful television series. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Um, what was the reception you got from your books by having such a different heroine? Well, the most interesting reaction I had, my very first book is called The Merchant of Venice Speech. And it's published by Kensington, who mostly does romance. Um, and, and, and they were thinking my voice would be a change of pace, but they gave me a very traditional cover. Uh, which, Did they use Fabio? It's almost. You'd never know because oh, they cut up. Do, do you know about romance novels where they cut off the people's heads? Because yes. it's supposed to... Yeah. The, I call them the, the covers from Sleepy Hollow. No one has see a your, See yourself in this book. Uh, yeah. This could be exactly. you and, with and, your and, bodice with I, I don't even know how anybody sold <laughs> anyone else on that concept. I see a cover without a head. I don't put my head on it. So anyway, what, what, what ended up happening was I would go, because it was my first book, so I was upset. I'm still obsessed. I still check reviews every 10 minutes. I'm, I'm getting but, still upset from this. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking I'm at that. My Amazon reviews, and literally, 
I would have a five-star, then a one-star, then a five-star, then a one-star. And what it is, is people who were expecting a traditional romance, because that's what the cover was selling them, they were pissed. And that, because this they went to the they, publishing company, too. So. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I they're mean, one of the bodice rippers. Yeah. Right. And I, I have to give Kensington this. I mean, they're a huge publishing house. They got it right away. My other covers have been wonderful ever since. Good. At least they learn. They're not the It's bad when you get the companies that are like, we're right, the public's wrong, double down. Right. Like, we're not right. even no, just going to cut the heads off. Now we are using Fabio. Um, right. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're probably thinking it's like, well, at least the book is selling. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. it's on the shelf with their other books with all of the same covers but yeah well we are going so we're going to cut it we're going to cut it we are getting to the end of the show can i get you on the show again we have a whole bunch of questions from twitter that we sure. never ever got to sure I'm, I'm holding you to that i said you said it on air i'm holding you to it um where can everyone find you and your books they can my books they can find on amazon.com or barnesandnoble.com um, uh, I have a new book coming out with a New York Times bestseller, Jody Thomas, and a fellow writer, Rachel Miles, called A Texas Kind of Christmas, which is coming out the day before Halloween. And they can find me either on Facebook, they can find me on uh, Instagram, and www.celiabonaducci.com. Now, guys, check her out, and I will say this. If you're a fan of her work and you want to see it turned into a TV show, I'm very, very susceptible to people screaming at me. If nothing else, Receiver of Many has proven that. So write in, tell us how much you love this book. We'll have her on again. I'm Summer Helene. You guys know where to find me. I'm the one you yell at on Twitter. We are on with my co-host, Paul Michael Boland. Paul? Okay, you can guys can find me. Uh, just find me on Facebook because I don't know how to use Twitter and the other stuff. Uh, past episodes are still up on YouTube. And if anybody's going to be in Nashville for Politicon next weekend, I'm the guy walking around with an orange sock on his head. I think, I think Lex was talking to them about you at Politicon or something, so I don't know what's going on there. And then I'm going to be at, uh, this weekend, I'm going to be at the uh, Dark Fest in Riverside. Guys, check mm. out her books. She's a really great writer. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, Tristan Milton, moderate Paul Michael Bowen, and our very, very, very special guest, Celia Bonaducci. This is Behind the Scenes. We'll see you next week. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.